0: Less stress, more time, more money. Welcome to the Cash Flow Contractor. Short.
1: Martin, it's fitting that we're on the cash flow contractor and there's constructioning happening. Yeah. Construction happening outside your window right now.
0: I'm getting a little ticked off too. <laughs> it's been going it's on. It's in for weeks. the fourth week. <laughs> and my neighboring uh, office is empty, so they set up in front of that and uh, Yeah, it's unbelievable. They're re-roofing. They're doing it with tar. Oh. I didn't know they still did that. I mean, there's been some material going up there, but tar and then truckloads of gravel going up. So I think that's kind of old school. Yeah. I'm not a roofer. If you're a commercial roofer and you know about that, maybe hit us up. If you've been living beneath one for four weeks, you know about it too. (laughs) I watched the whole process. (laughs) That's great. You know,
1: it reminds me of a story with commercial... Roofer, they've been having some uh, difficulties with materials, especially on the commercial side. And I, this has been a while now, but at one point it was like eight months lead, yeah. eight month lead times, and yeah. and longer. I'm sure it's still happening. Uh, but today's episode is all about vendors, and yeah, this has been a problem. And there's a lot of things that we want to talk about in relation to vendors. Um, I've got, you know, a specific issue for me. Uh, not for me but story that I have from a client they have had a vendor for you know multiple years now really good friends with them great people they've got really good service Um, their availability is good they give them priority on a lot of the materials coming in and that's that's important with the supply chain issues we've had over the course of uh, 2020 2021 even 2022 now Uh, and it's probably going to continue in some regards but they were approached by another vendor saying, hey, I'd love to sit down and talk about pricing with you. And they take the meeting just to be nice. They don't want to, you know, they want to see what's out there, but they're pretty committed to this um, relationship they have with the current vendor. And they get pricing and it's like, across the board 40%, 50% cheaper to go with this other vendor. And they're like, man, have we been getting screwed from our buddy over yeah. here? And they're highly considering going with this, this new company, and that is what prompted me to think about doing this episode. Uh, and so I want to talk about that because relationships matter with vendors. Uh, in business, relationships matter, but pricing obviously matters. Uh, 40% on materials is a huge, huge difference. Um, but I want to talk about some things with that. So what do you do in that situation if you're that roofer?
0: Well, I would talk to my uh, venerable former best friend. Uh, This is a really good subject. I have a story from the past, but when I ran grain elevators, we sold anhydrous ammonia fertilizer. That's nitrogen fertilizer. And it was pretty much, it is a commodity. Uh, It's made with natural gas and a process. And we would, we were big users and we would hold our suppliers hostage. We'd make them wait for payment. Uh, we'd make them store it. Uh, and we got away with that for a long time. It was uh, We were a big customer, and we swung our way around. And then came, this is a long time ago, but 1986, there was a uh, oil bust, as has happened probably 20 times since. Uh, but it got to be where anhydrous ammonia was scarce. Oh. And it was payback time. And you could just tell those guys that we've been beaten up just love telling us, nope, haven't got any. They're sending it elsewhere. So there are always trade-offs in there. Absolutely is more than price to selecting your vendors. Absolutely. Um, that's one of the, I think all sophisticated buyers know that. I, I think there are a lot of people that just work on price, but it, it, there's a lot more to it than price and the supply chain things that are going on right now certainly make that apparent. You, other things are cash flow. Sometimes you're waiting for a big receivable to come in and mm-hmm. your vendor's either gonna be on you like a duck on a June bug, or he or she will let you ride for a little while. So building a relationship with a supplier is really important. And there's there's something else to it. Your suppliers, Really should be on your team. Absolutely. Um, my dad had a manufacturing company a long time ago, and his purchasing agent put a sign on the door that said, "I see vendors on Tuesday and Thursday afternoons." And I, I just—it's a long, 50 years ago, but I remember it because my dad got so mad, he went down there, ripped that sign off the door, crumpled it up, and threw it in his purchasing agent's face. And he said, "No, sir." These people are on our team and they're gonna feel like it. Now, why does it matter? It's not just because of availability and price. One of the most important things your suppliers can do is do your what they call in business school environmental awareness. What's going on? What's changing? What are the new methods? What are the new um, roofing materials? Yep. And they can learn that for you. And it, Well, we've got a mutual client who uses hydraulic equipment and we did um, a lot of a couple of my companies all based on hydraulic power and our vendor was I don't think he was a degreed engineer but he knew everything so we troubleshot problems he found solutions and I never would have been able to do that on my own just no way yeah not and still have a job so they should be part of your team that brings you new ideas they should bring you economics they can tell you what else is going on in your marketplace all things that you're not going to know if you're running your company. Now, having said that, 40% difference, you have that's guys, discounters, come in try to buy your business and win your loyalty through price, mm-hmm. but sometimes that happens. And uh, one place, with deference to all my good insurance friends, that's a place where it seems to happen a lot. You, yeah, you, a matter of fact, if you're listening and you haven't checked your insurance in two years, Go get some quotes. <laughs> yeah. and all' of a sudden you find out you get more coverage for 30, 40, 50 percent less and then you go with them. Again, it's the same thing you have to trust that if you ever actually need your insurance, your agent will be there. Yep. but then it starts to creep up over time. I mean that's just been what I've observed over my years in business. So it's it's worth it to go talk to them and say, guys, I'm looking at forty percent difference and really considering. And see see how they handle
1: it yeah that's the right way to approach it is to say hey to have an open honest conversation with the current supplier if, if that's the situation you know say hey listen so and so approached me this is what they're offering sounds a little too good to be true but looks like they can actually do it right. what can we do on on this side you know right. um, where I don't I'm not asking for 40 percent but that's a that's a heavy heavy price to pay over the course of a year uh, I mean we're talking maybe hundreds of thousands of dollars at that point, uh, depending on how many jobs you're doing. So I think really it, it's not worth just abandoning ship and going with that one person, but it might be worth maybe testing out a job or two with them, seeing how they, how they handle it, seeing what that's like. But also, you know, you already mentioned that the best vendors are good consultants for you. you know, They're educated, they understand the industry, they understand the new materials, the new technology. They understand what's happening in the marketplace because they're working with so many competitors of yours. They're getting educated by their company as well on, on how to sell the stuff. And you have to be aware of, oh, they're consulting me on this, but also they're trying to sell me this. They're pushing this product because it gets them more margin or whatever. So you have to be aware of that stuff, but the best ones actually care about your business. In the same regard, uh, you shouldn't just receive advice from one person. You, know, you want to re- receive advice from trusted people. And if you can have a diverse set of vendors in your on your team really, in your wheelhouse, that's gonna give you better consulting. It's gonna
0: open you up to better opportunities. Well most of our well, not most, I don't know. Most most of the contractors I work with do not have dedicated purchasing agents. If you are big enough to do that, and we, we could do another episode on what it takes, but Purchasing agents who are good can usually pay for themselves yeah, and they'll build those relationships and bring you new things um, So I guess the overarching thing is you don't throw you don't make your decision based entirely on price now the, the number one thing is is what they sell Good and does it meet my purpose and can I get it? Yep. and can I get it at a reasonable price and you may have to pass those costs along to your customer who if they're just price shopping, they need to understand the difference. But if you're just buying commodities, like if you're buying sand. Yeah. um, Well, (laughs) actually, all sand isn't just sand. But look. Sure. But you get get my point, yeah. Uh, If you're just buying sand, and one guy's X dollars a ton, or limestone, because we have a lot of that here used for things. You got different vendors that sell it, it's a ton delivered. There it is, came out of the same pit. Yep. in many cases I think
1: you also have to consider um, availability of product but also availability of like delivery and hey if I call on a yep. Tuesday and I need it Thursday morning at the job site can you actually get it yep. there I know you got in stock but can you get it there and can you get it on time and whenever my employee makes the wrong order and the crew shows up at the job site and, and the wrong material's there because we messed up, will you actually go and right. get it
0: to you know well, I'm prioritize about this it? Roofing for job us. going on up here. I think it's pretty conventional, but I know there are a lot of new techniques and methods and materials. And will they get on the roof with you if you just finish your two million dollar roofing job and they have a leak? Yep. And help you figure it out. You know, you have an ally. So I, I would like to emphasize that price is not first; it is not first. It's not first. It's, not. it's uh, the support available. Is it what I want? Can I get it when I want? Um, can I? Do I know how to use it? But having an ally yep. is and support. I mean, and can they deliver and do what they say they'll do? Those things absolutely are first. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, and otherwise you're buying gonna... your stuff off Amazon. Right? Exactly, and and you will
1: pay for that. You you should expect to pay a little bit more for better availability, priority service, you know, all those kinds of things. So don't go off of just price. But also do have relationships with multiple vendors. Don't just stick to only one. Have right. a variety so that, you know, one has struggles or, you know, your your connection at this place leaves and now you're not getting the best support, whatever. You want to have
0: those options available to you and so I have, have multiple a, vendors. Another example of reliable suppliers. I have a Home builder client, and they buy lumber packs, which people will probably recognize, but they do takeoffs from the drawings, calculate, and they usually send that out to the supplier. And they do takeoffs how many two 4s two, you know, eights, beams, things like that, roof truss. They do the takeoff and they send it to you. And they'll tell you, they give you, you have to give them a purchase order for what they tell you you need. Well, this company we one of the processes I helped them institute was to check that lumber pack and that's really hard to do because a semi comes over and just sets it on the ground and your guy your project managers you got 20 houses he's not there but you have to find a way to do it so they audited three from a particular supplier and all three were wrong and by that mean he didn't get the right quantity and by that I meant they were all short okay so you don't want to pay for 52 befores that you don't use but that's not where the real damage was it's really hard to get framing crews right now that's a key Mm -hmm. um, a key bottleneck and so you get the crew over there the guy calls you at four in the afternoon he said hey we're short 52 befores guy goes well i'll get right on it. i have him bring them over right now and the guy goes oh man it's five o'clock he said and we've got to go to another job i'll see you in two weeks yep and in this particular company I'm not giving away any um, names or anything but we done we've done the math and build days is our major criteria criterion we're trying to get build days down so we did the math on that and in their case it's not true on everybody it's a different number from everybody build days are worth $7,900 a day okay <laughs> in two so weeks. if you get 50 days down that's 350,000 to the bottom line okay yeah now that's not per house that's average yeah. but those are the things That killed the build days. So it's $7,900 a day for two weeks. Well, that's the whole, whatever proportion that was, uh, because they did, they got shorted on a package. So they moved to another supplier and they haven't had any problems. And I'm not casting aspersions. I don't think they're deliberately shorting. But man, I've seen that many times where somebody overbills or underbills or things like that. And it's always one direction. Mm -hmm. Huh. Uh, People. People in your company accidentally charge a tank of gas to the company credit card. Hope it was an accident. Well, they never pulled out their home credit card and charged a tank of gas. Anyway, yeah. Uh, so there, there. You know, that's 14-day delay is way more. Actually, I don't know what the built framing pack costs. Thirty thousand dollars, but what are five two-by-fours worth now? You know, uh, or fifty, maybe five hundred bucks. But anyway. Yeah, so you have to look at all that and the you relationships know. and the reliability and the open and frank uh, discussions. That man, this price difference is getting a little ridiculous. Yep. and a good supplier might say, "Well, that's what it takes, and that's what I got to charge." And then you got a decision to make.
1: Absolutely. Well, take care of your vendors. Make sure they take care of yep. you as well. Um, I think if we had to summarize this episode, it would it would be about don't just look at price. Know the right questions to ask when you're vetting a vendor. Don't just ask about okay, what are the materials that you have what's it like in stock, what's the price, et cetera. Ask, hey, whenever I make a mistake on an order, are you gonna be there to fix it for me, right? Are you gonna have my back? Are you gonna make sure that every order is right if I audit it, you know? Are you, are you gonna be there whenever, you know, we're on the job site and we're short? Can you get, make sure you get there in four hours, you know, right, right after lunch, be there? Uh, those kinds of things. Uh, th- that's what really matters with those relationships and also, Don't just be committed to only one. You know, have your eggs in multiple baskets and know what's going on around there and see how they're going to be as an consultant. consultant, See if they educate
0: you well. Let me give you one last story. This one just, uh, there was a steel uh, building company out in Colorado that had a novel type of I-beam and it could span up to 300 feet, Mm. which is ridiculous. And there are a couple of manufacturers of screws and door frames and vents and siding I won't name the two, but there was a 70-year-old guy, 75-year-old guy out of Denver that used to stop by every other week, stick his head in the door, drop off a catalog, anybody need anything, you know? And they said, no, thanks for stopping by, Frank, you know? And then that guy retired. It was taken over by a younger guy who stopped by a few times, and he never needed anything, so he quit going by. And within eight months, they did $800,000 with the competitor. Now that's kind of the flip side of this, that's, you know, showing the colors and being available to answer questions and being on people's minds, that's yeah. That's the supplier side of it. But at least they valued him stopping by and answering the occasional question, mm-hmm. and as soon as he quit doing that, they flipped, they flipped. because screws are commodities. Yeah.
1: Yep. You know, got to, got to be present and you should hear from your vendors regularly, yep. and you should want to, right? Yep. Well, I hope this was helpful for people. Uh, If you have questions or stories that you want to share with us about vendors, we'd love to hear from them. If you're a vendor and you're listening to this and want to be on the podcast, we'd love to get your perspective as well. Uh, Please share this episode on social media with any of your colleagues, your peers in the industry, and follow The Cash Flow Contractor for more content that will help you find less stress, more time, and more money. Thanks for listening.
0: Thanks for listening to The Cash Flow Contractor. Check out our website in the show notes or visit thecashflowcontractor.com.